May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Amen. Well-known Bible story, the one we just heard. What's the name? What are some of the names we know it by? Prodigal son. So the titles are quite interesting. Uh, They don't belong to the original text. They were added and are added much later. Uh, And so Prodigal Son, I think, is the King James version uh, that they've put in there. And uh, some versions of the Bible don't have titles at all. Some have uh, titles on the column to the side, if you just want to kind of flip through and see where you're up to. Uh, And some have them all breaking up each story with with the titles. So the title, Prodigal Son, what does that suggest the story is about? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. So it's about the son, a story about the younger son. So the first thing it does is focus our attention to the younger son. So we immediately think it's a story about the younger son. And it's about forgiveness. So what needs to happen for forgiveness to happen? Does anything need to happen? Right, so the son has to sin in the first place. Yep, leave home, do dissolute living, and then what happens needs to happen. Yep. We need to keep our hearts open to all. Right, we need to keep our hearts open. So we commonly think the story is about the younger son and how he came home and confessed and was forgiven. It's how we usually describe that story. Which is interesting because that's not how the story goes. He comes home and is forgiven and in light of the forgiveness confesses. So the father's forgiveness comes first. So he does have to come home. But the father's forgiveness comes before the father's compassion comes before the forgiveness, before the confession. So that's not how we normally tell that story. So are there any other titles that you know the story is known by in Bibles that you might have read? The lost son. So again, why is it called the lost son? Okay, the father has lost him. But it also is a nod to what else is going on around that story. So what else was going on around that story? There's an elder son, it's not. Yeah, well, there's an elder son, we'll get to him. <laughs> so what else is happening around that story? So I read, I left out a big chunk. So I started with scribes and Pharisees being angry. Jesus tells some parables. What are those parables that he tells? There was a clue in the lost son. Think about stories Jesus tells about lost things. Well, the Pharisees accused him of being with sinners. Yeah, well, he didn't deny that. The lost coin and the lost sheep. So, Pharisees and scribes accused Jesus of uh, eating with sinners and tax collectors, which he doesn't deny. Uh, and by by eating with them. So he is accepting their hospitality. When you eat with somebody, 
you are saying that you are honourable and you bless them. And you should not honour and bless tax collectors who are outside of the community. They have, by their lives, uh, they are uh, in league with Rome and they are part of Rome's um, method of removing money out of that community and put it in, putting it in Rome's coffers. Uh, so they are seen as people for whom God has no affection. So Jesus should not be eating with them as a rabbi. He is kind of saying, like the Pharisees and scribes, everyone has placed them outside of the community, not belonging to the community. By Jesus eating with them, he's placing them back in the community. So that's a, that's a dangerous thing to do. So in response to that, Jesus tells three stories. Now one of the problems with titles is we immediately forget why Jesus is telling the story. So we just think, oh, that's a nice story. Jesus told a story about a younger son. And we forget why Jesus is telling the story. So titles can be helpful in finding your way through the Bible, but they also can be very misleading and actually help us miss the point of what the stories are about. So because it's called the prodigal son, we think it's a standalone story. It is not a standalone story. It is the third of three stories, the lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. So any other titles it's known by or that you might like to give it? Well, there is another son and he gets about half the story, but we tend to forget him because we kind of feel sorry for him, don't we? Oh, the poor older brother. Maybe that's just because some of us are older, the eldest, and therefore, by definition, the most responsible. That's true, isn't it, Bonnie? <laughs> She's the youngest, so she would not agree with that. Uh, so the lost son, which son is lost? Well, the younger one, that's an interesting, that's an interesting response. That, uh, well, there's a, there would be an argument that actually the older son is as equally lost. And part of the trouble is, when we put a title on it, we think, oh, this is a story about the younger son. Here's the one that's misbehaving. Here's the one that needs forgiveness. But actually in the story, the older son is equally lost and equally behaving badly. So one of the, one of the titles I found was The Undesirable Son. And I went, well, that's interesting. I wonder which one is the undesirable son. So why, why is the older son lost? Or well, another title is the prodigal son and his brother and the dutiful son. But is he dutiful? So what would a dutiful son look like? What would he do in the story? So when the younger son says, I wish you were dead, give me my part of the well, my part of the estate now, what should the older son be doing? Giving him a whack around the ears and telling him to be quiet for a start. But he's silent. The father divides his property. What does that sound like he's doing? It's taking his away from the other son, inheritance. 
well, partly, it doesn't say whether it was 50-50, but it also sounds like the older son accepts. There's no mention of the older son turning that down. He divides his property. That would have run lots of alarm bells for Jesus' hearers. What? They accept their property while his father is dead? There's a party going on. What should the older son be doing? As the older son. Well, he doesn't have to be pleased and happy. He can be as grumpy as all get out. But where should he be? Where should he be once he finds out there's a party? He should be there. He is the host. He is the host. He should be in the party. He should be offering hospitality. But he stays outside. He then argues with his father in public, bringing shame on his father and on their house. No, none of those things are the actions of a dutiful son. And then the final thing is, he says, I have been a slave, not I am your son. So the younger son says, I will go home and I will say, I am not worthy to be your son. I will be a hired hand. The older son just says, I am a hired hand. He doesn't see himself as a son. He doesn't describe himself as a son. So, actually, the older son in the story is not a dutiful son. And so, one of the titles you'll find in Bibles is The Lost Sons. They are equally lost. So, why is Jesus telling the story? Why did Jesus tell the story? Tax collectors and sinners. What are the scribes and Pharisees grumpy about? Jesus is eating with tax collectors. So Jesus tells a story about two brothers, one of whom could be seen as tax collectors and sinners, and one of whom could be seen as scribes and Pharisees. And in his story, they are both lost. They are both lost. So the titles blind us sometimes to what's going on. Oh, it's a story about the younger son. He's a prodigal. The older son must be dutiful. No, they're both lost. Any other titles you can think of? The jealous son. Oh, the jealous son. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the other names you might... I have seen, but I couldn't find it. was the parable of the lost son's and their father and I have seen somewhere but I couldn't find it the parable of the loving father and one of the commentaries I read was a prodigal son and an undignified dad or the parable of the dysfunctional family because actually no one behaves well in this family so what should the father be doing in all of this So when his younger son says, I wish you were dead, give me the money now, that's effectively what he said. What should his father have done? Whacked him around the head with a big stick. (laughs) Told him that wasn't going to happen and get back in line. That's what should happen because actually the money, the estate of a family does not get divided. 
partly because that belongs to the family, the family's honour is held in that place, but partly because there is a wider community who rely on that family. If it's a wealthy family, that wider community rely on that family for employment. So they cannot afford one of the members of the family to take some of that property and go elsewhere, elsewhere with it. So the father acts outrageously and the community would not have been happy. Like No one behaves well in the story. No one behaves well. Then his father is looking for his younger son and when he sees him, he runs. That doesn't strike us as odd. But in Jesus' time, that would have been very odd. It's dishonourable for an older man to run. You walk. You do not run unless there's a Roman soldier chasing you. Then you can run. But apart from that, you do not run. He runs. In, because he has to. Because if his younger son rocks into town in the community to get to him first, he is not going to get a warm welcome. They will do to him what his father should have done. They will maybe kill him. He is not an honourable person. He is not welcome back. Go away. Or at least, or we'll kill you. So his father protects him. So his father acts compassionately. We have a lot of warmth for the father, but the father acts dishonourably all the way through the story. When the young older brother doesn't come into the party, the older the father goes out and argues with him in public. He shouldn't have done that. He should have just hit him and said, get in there and do your family duty. We'll have this discussion later. But he doesn't. So we could call this the story of the compassionate father, the story of the loving father. So by giving a title to it, it focuses our attention often away from where the attention should be. So another title we might give it is Celebrating and Rejoicing. Because actually this is what it's about. Scribes and the Pharisees don't want to celebrate and rejoice. And just to be clear, there's nothing in the story that says the tax collectors and, and uh, sinners repent. They're going to change their ways. They like what Jesus is saying. They invite him for dinner. That's it. So we can't put our classic evangelical theology on that. They were repenting. Jesus forgave them. They were re- re-engaged into the community. They were just interested. They said, come and eat with us. They knew what coming and eating meant. But no mention of repentance in the story. And yet Jesus celebrates that they are at least listening. The last title we could give the story is A father had two sons. How will the story end? So a father had two sons. Does that ring any bells? Any other stories in the Bible about a father with two sons? Cain and Abel. Ishmael and Isaac. Jacob and Esau. Lots of stories about a father with two sons. So when Jesus says a father had two sons, this is not a blank slate here. This is a well-known structure for stories 
And in all of those stories, the younger one gets the property. In each one of those stories, not the older one, as should happen. So as soon as Jesus starts, people are going, Ooh, how's this going to end? Because they normally don't end as they're supposed to. Even with a lot of sons, like Joseph and all his brothers, it's the younger two, Joseph and Benjamin, who end up being the cool ones. So, you know, Jesus is setting this up. So how does Jesus' story end? We don't know. No. We're not told what the brother does, the older brother. Jesus leaves it hanging. We leave it with Jesus' invitation for the older brother. What do the Pharisees and the scribes do with the story? We don't know. We're not told. We're left hanging. So how do we finish the story? Are we willing to join in the celebration and the rejoicing? Or are we going to be a little bit like the older brother? Are we going to stand with the father? Or are we a bit like the younger brother? How do we finish the story? That's the real question. A father had two sons. How do we finish the story? That's why Luke keeps it hanging. He wants to know what his readers were going to do with it. So I spend a moment thinking about that. About how titles confuse us and mislead us. And most of the time we should just ignore them, put a big blind through them. And how do we finish the story about a father and two sons. What are we going to do with it?